Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday, February 7th, 2021, the fifth Sunday after Epiphany. Thank you for listening this week. And if you would like to view the service in its entirety, please go to our Facebook or YouTube page by following one of the links in the podcast notes. Also, we would like to invite you to support our ministry here at Beach Grove through your offerings. We have both online and physical giving opportunities, and we encourage you to reach out to us if you have any questions about giving. Contact us by emailing us at office at beachgroveumc.org, calling us at 757-538-8353, or message us through our Facebook page. We hope you enjoy this week's message, and please don't forget to share it with others. This week's scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. A leper came to him, begging him, and kneeling, he said to him, If you choose, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. After sternly warning him, he sent him away at once, saying to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded, as a testimony to them. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely, and to spread the word, so that Jesus could no longer go into a town openly, but stayed out in the country, and people came to him from every quarter. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that through this word for us this day, we would grow closer in our love for you, and in our love for our neighbors. Amen. So this week we enter the final week of diving into this first chapter of the Gospel of Mark. And let me be clear as I start this final sermon that by no means do I consider this the most important section of this Gospel. It just happens to be the scripture that guides this time in our lectionary calendar. But I think that the first chapter of this gospel gives us a really good insight into the story that Mark is trying to tell about Jesus. These uh, handful of, of stories that we have looked at uh, throughout the course of this series are about the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And they go to lay the foundation of the work that Jesus is going to continue to do even up to the cross. We get insights into the man that Jesus will be and into the work that he will do in ministry. And so as we look to the close of this uh, chapter in the Gospel of Mark, we enter ourselves to really begin to, or to finish wrestling with how do we get down to business. Up to this point, we have seen Jesus' ministry marked by individual responses 
to the telling of the good news. And we have seen this uh, mostly portrayed in a good light. In our first week, as Jesus was baptized and then enters the wilderness, we encountered a collective manner of ministry of this covenant that we make with God. And how we carry that covenant with us as we ourselves go into the wilderness of our own lives. Next, we encountered Jesus on the lake shore. And we, along with the four disciples, wrestled with the implications of what that phrase, follow me, means. The phrase inviting us to a manner of discipleship that seeks to build up the kingdom and answer the call of the good news that Christ has placed before us. Next, we witnessed, one, we witnessed the first of these three healing stories in which Jesus is approached by a man with an unclean spirit while he is preaching in the synagogue, beginning to lay the foundation of this good news that Mark is trying to preach. We saw Jesus speak up and speak out condemning the spirit, encouraging us and ourselves to find our own voices of ministry as we seek to do the same. Next, we, went, we stayed in Capernaum, as Jesus went into Simon's house and healed Simon's mother-in-law, showing us what true service looks like as we seek to understand our manner of serving, both in the way that we serve here, the way and, and the way in which we rest to discern what it means to continue in our service. And now as we move into this last story in the first chapter of Mark, we encounter this third sense of healing. Jesus has left Capernaum behind and has gone into Galilee to begin his ministry in earnest. We arrive at this last healing story where we almost encounter the opposite of what happened when Jesus healed Simon's mother-in-law. In these six verses, we encounter a community that appears more interested in the act of Jesus' healing than they do in answering that call that Jesus gave to the disciples to follow him, to become disciples in the kingdom of God. However, we do still see this manner that Jesus offers healing. While we do hear Jesus move, being moved by anger out of both compassion and pity in this story, we'd see the effects when persons respond more out of their own personal benefit rather than engaging the good news. And it starts with this man who has leprosy. So let's dive into our text today. We see very quickly unfold this nature of Jesus' compassion as we read in verse 41 that Jesus was moved with pity. As we look at this in other natures, we see that this manner of pity, sometimes translated as compassion, and sometimes translated as anger. Now these may seem like opposites to many of us, but I think as we look at these words and the implications of these words, we begin to understand the fact that Jesus' anger and Jesus' compassion are what are driving it. And let me explain that for a second, because... Jesus' anger is driven by his compassion towards this person. Jesus is almost pained by the understanding that this man not only has leprosy, 
but the effects that this leprosy has had on his engagement with the community. In one of the commentaries I read this week, a New Testament scholar, Bonnie Thurston, talks about Jesus' upset and angry in this situation moves him towards compassion. You see, in this time in Israel, people with leprosy were ostracized in society. They were kicked out of the town walls and forced to live outside by themselves. They were deemed unclean and therefore unfit to be around others for others' fear of contracting whatever skin disease they thought they had. And as we examine this interaction, we see Jesus' understanding of compassion resting in his anger at a system that would devalue this human being to kick him out of society. And so we have this leper who wants to be reunited with the community. And so he looks to Jesus to heal him, to offer in a manner of compassion a way in which he can be reunited with his friends and with his family. We hear the leper coming to Jesus, begging him, kneeling and asking Jesus, even making it Jesus' choice, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. And Jesus, in a manner of grief, because this man's connection to the greater community has been cut, says, yes, I do choose, be made clean. In this time, the only way for this leper to reclaim his place in the community was through healing. And this is why he sought out Jesus. And this, many biblical scholars agree, is why Jesus had the compassion in him to heal him. Many of us, I am sure, can share the sentiment of seeing something wrong and feeling driven out of wanting to correct this injustice. Jesus knows that this man has, is not a part of this society in this town because of his skin disease, because of his outward appearance, because of what has happened to him. But Jesus is trying to teach that the true nature of the kingdom is healing, the true nature of kingdom healing in this passage is about restoring this sense of community that this man has lost even beyond this sense of physical healing from his, from his uh, skin ailment. And so this is why it becomes so important to Jesus that this man's response to healing is one connected to his religious community rather than his societal community. You see, it's interesting that Jesus says, now, now, sir, don't, don't just go and, and share and spread the word to everybody you see. I want you to do this right. For us today, it's like, well, don't we just want to get the word out? Don't we just want to tell as many people as possible the great things that Jesus has done to us? And I don't think that that is what Jesus is speaking against. But rather, as we see here in Mark, Jesus is trying to connect this manner of healing, of a physical healing, to also a spiritual healing. It is less about the disease itself and more about the understanding of his restoration to a place in society. 
And so what is the first thing that Jesus calls this man to do but to go? Go to the temple and offer praise and thanks for what has happened to you. Show these people that you are not just healed in body, but that you are healed in spirit as well. Jesus is seeking for this man to connect with the religious side of his healing. So that the man can then connect the two, both the physical and the spiritual, together. Because I think Jesus sees what the outcome of this is going to look like. Jesus sees that no longer is he going to have a chance to preach the kingdom of God, but instead he is going to have a mass flock of people who are coming to him because they want to be healed, not because they want to learn about his place in the kingdom, which is what we see happen in verse 45. If all we see is healing, we risk treating Jesus in a transactional way to only get what we need, our own healing. So yes, there is a way to spread the news that Jesus has come to save. There is a way to spread the news that Jesus does miraculous things. And the scripture in front of us calls to engage both in this understanding of physical healing and spiritual healing. Another commentary I read this week says, Jesus suggests secrecy to the leper because of the incredible potential for this message to be distorted. Fred Craddock, who is a great preacher, liked to say that Jesus' healings created audiences, not congregations. Many will flock to Jesus for healing, but all will abandon him when he is handed over to suffer and die. Individual healings are amazing, but they always serve more than the individual. They serve to help us choose to follow the Messiah to places of human misery, and even the most miserable place of all, the cross. You see, healings become a sort of kingdom builder in themselves. When they truly build this sense of community, as we saw in our previous story in Capernaum. Now this is not to say that people who don't follow Christ deserve to suffer. Please do not hear that. Because we see that Jesus still heals the leper, and we still know that Jesus heals the others who come to him outside of these cities. But it goes to say for us today, as we seek to heal the wounds of our society, we also seek to create within that an even more just and equitable society. When we treat healings as a transactional system, even when we spread the word about those healings, we see it become more, we see it becomes more about, look what happened to me, instead of, look what God does in our community. Instead of the communal work to heal systems that sought to oppress people because of those ailments. Jesus encourages this man to show himself to the priest to offer blessedness to God for his cleansing and in turn be restored in the eyes of the temple. And what does the man do but goes and just tells everybody he can see Jesus is treated as a transactional healing system in this text. There is a physical, there becomes a physical barrier from people being able, from Jesus being able to enter these towns to preach and to teach and yes to even heal. 
That was close. The good news that the gospel writer is trying to tell us in this passage is that not only must we be healed physically, but we also have to be healed spiritually. Otherwise, we taint the message of the gospel. The leper's premature good news portrayed Jesus as a wonder worker. It caused him to be mobbed before he could be heard. And the leper's disobedience hampered Jesus' ministry. Can we do that? Can we get in the way of Jesus' ministry? Can we get in the way of what Jesus is trying to do by speaking about Jesus? Can we as, as people of Christ even see that this is good news at all? What happens in this passage? Or does it bear the fruit of selfishness? Even, even if this man does share so that others can be healed. I think we can see that it's not a manner of kingdom of the kingdom that is being built. Jesus wants that message to get across for people just as much as the healings. There are very real pains going on in the hearts of these people. But as we learn the manner of true discipleship that Jesus is calling people towards involves a physical manner of following him. When he heals in Capernaum, it comes alongside with the preaching of the good news. And as we see the story of Jesus healing Simon's mother-in-law and then healing the crowds that have gathered, there is a collection of good news, of service, of that diaconio we talked about last week. Jesus is able to both offer hope and healing. We pray to God in such a way that seeks to fulfill the healing of diseases and, and to heal diseases and any sort of thing that is happening to us. But that does not negate the understanding that we are called to also in that same breath have a true faith in God. We do not treat God as one who just comes in and makes everything bright and better. But it is through relationship, fellowship, and engaging with God that not only do the physical become healed, but the spiritual becomes healed as well. Jesus is healing in the scripture notes that all are worthy of healing. All are worthy to be a part of the kingdom. But experience, true understanding of God's grace comes when we answer that call to build the kingdom. You see, in our Methodist theology, we have this cool thing called prevenient grace. It says and shows that God loves everyone. That God has grace and love enough for the entirety of creation, the entirety of humanity. And you see, we enter this relationship through what we call justifying grace. The way in which we ourselves feel justified in God's presence. And that is what Jesus is calling us here today. Jesus shows us that we are all loved and beloved children of God and that we are all worthy of healing. But Jesus also wants us to know that he wants a relationship beyond that healing. And that is what Jesus is trying to offer to the leper in our scripture today.
This man with leprosy had so much potential in him. He walked up to Jesus and sought to have a relationship. He said, if you choose, heal me. And Jesus, in return, chose to enter into relationship with this leper. But when asked to be a part of the greater good news, the greater narrative that Jesus is trying to tell, the leper decides that he is going to just go and tell his friends. Jesus is asking us to be part of something bigger than just our own healing. He is calling us to be part of a whole transformational understanding of God's kingdom. And the same manner is given to us from the very moment we are born. This grace that comes before, that is given to each and every one of us, is that manner in which God is seeking to heal us. It's the manner in which God is seeking to become, is to, is to enter into personal relationship with us. Before we even have knowledge of God, God loves us. And God has always been working with us. But what are we doing to experience that transformation? To do our part of our relationship with God? A great theologian, Jürgen Moltmann, writes, Together with the proclamation of the, of the gospel, the healing of the sick is Jesus' most important testimony to the dawn of the kingdom of God. Healings are signs of the new creation and rebirth of life. The healing should be understood as foretokens of the resurrection and eternal life. Just as eternal life quickens those who believe, so the eternal salvation heal those who trust. God's grace is already at work healing us. It is up to us to respond in a manner that is worthy of God's grace. It is up to us to build this manner of community as we seek to not only live with one another, but to live with God. It is our job to treat this relationship with God in the manner that God has created us. To love, to serve, and to give. It is this focus we take into sharing what has happened to us. Not as a manner to paint a, a picture of faith and blessedness, but to speak of resurrection and eternal life. We don't tell people we've been healed because we want to treat God transactionally. We tell people about our healings because we want others to experience God's love for themselves. We are not looking for God to be a magician. We are looking for God to love us as he has always done. And we are looking to build our communities in that love as well. Let us build resilient faiths and share what has made our faith resilient. Build our communities. Heal ourselves both physically and spiritually as we seek to build the kingdom here, as we seek to get down to business. We cannot have the healings without the good news. Because if we do, then we lose the good news. We lose the message of the gospel. And in that scenario, we do not build the kingdom. This is the ministry Jesus is seeking to do. Jesus wants to offer healing. And he wants to offer good news. Are we willing to listen to both?
Amen.